This is Future IQ with Naveen and Shrikant, where our goal is the relentless pursuit of knowledge. Let's begin. Hi Shrikant. Hi Naveen. Did you know hmm? that our schools are teaching our children exactly the wrong thing, exactly the wrong approach to learning? I knew it. I knew I wasn't wrong. I knew my teachers were wrong. I knew that yes. I was born intelligent but yeah. education ruined me. Yeah. Uh, except that you are not allowed to have such views unless you are able to explain what is wrong and what is the correct method. And that I will talk about in this episode. I have him to explain, so I'm yeah. not going to attempt explaining. Naveen, explain. So, uh, the basic idea I want to talk about today is something called antifragile. It is a word coined by uh, author, philosopher, N.N. Taleb uh, in a book of the same name, Antifragile. That's Naseem and, Nicholas Taleb. Yeah. Interesting so, uh, let's understand the basic thing about any system, hmm. right? And how it deals with failures. Hmm. Uh, the, the thing that we most uh, think about or worry about is that we want our systems to be robust. True, right? true. If every little failure, every little shock causes the system to break, hmm. then that is a fragile system. Correct, right? correct. What you want hmm. is something that is robust. So when a shock hits it, uh, it doesn't, uh, I mean, you know, it just withstands the stocks. Correct. Shock. You can't ride a bike right. if it is going to break yeah. at every pothole that it meets. Yeah. Not in Pune, definitely. Yeah. In fact, uh, I mean, robust isn't also uh, as good. Okay. Uh, I mean, the word that is used for Bombay after every flood is resilient. Resilient, yes. right? resilient is that it springs back. Hmm. from uh, shocks hmm. but Taleb points out that one of the most important concepts in nature hmm. anywhere is more than robust or resilient in fact it is a very non-intuitive concept it says that a system hmm. there exist systems which actually grow stronger with every shock with every failure oh like non-newtonian fluids yeah so, uh, background. so uh, actually that doesn't makes sense initially when you first uh, hear it, uh, right? But uh, uh, think about it, hmm. that every time there is a minor failure, <laughs> you learn from the failure, you change your systems, you change your processes, you yeah. add some new rules, yeah. and now you have a system that is better able to deal with that failure, right? True. Now there are some other small failure, hmm. and you again adjust. So a system that keeps hitting different shocks, keep hitting different failures, and then learns from that. Oh. That is an antifragile system. All of evolution huh. in general huh. and all of our biology in particular huh. is based on this concept of antifragile and that's why we have bodies which thrive under uh, such uh, adverse conditions. Adverse conditions. Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, can you point out to an example in evolution where uh, antifragility can be observed, or probably an example in in the body, as yeah. you said, where right. antifragility is observed? Yeah. So let's take the example hmm. of our immune system. Okay. okay? Uh, every infection hmm. that comes into our body, our immune system first tries to fight it using the simple tools it has, called the innate immune system. Correct. Uh, if that works, great. If that doesn't work, hmm. then our adaptive immune system takes over. We end up creating T cells and B cells and basically we try various things hmm. until one particular attack works against this particular germ and then we remember it 
in case of chicken pox we remember it for the rest of our life that is why you get chicken pox only once in your life right correct in case of tetanus we remember it for 10 years that's why you have to take tetanus shots every 10 years mm. right right that reminds me i need to go and get right? a tetanus shot i mean but soon. if you were to draw a curve okay mm. uh, of uh, i mean you know you draw a curve where on the x axis mm. it is how many germs or how strong the attack on you was hmm. right and on the y axis hmm. how well you are doing now and in the future right. what you will notice is that initially for some number of attacks for weaker attacks hmm. your body actually goes stronger with every attack because you are learning to uh, deal with and destroy newer and newer types of germs right okay, okay. of course when the attack goes after beyond a certain point now your body is no longer able to learn from that or deal with that and it, you will die or something bad will happen right yeah. so uh, i mean after a while it goes negative Correct. but the first part hmm. where it goes positive for a while hmm. what doesn't kill you makes you stronger ah right uh, to take a different illustrative interesting example hmm. uh, right our bones hmm. uh the more you use your body and your bones the stronger they grow because uh, we have two kinds of cells in our uh, uh, bone cells in our body right, right. Uh, osteoblasts and osteoclasts okay one of them hmm. goes and removes cells in places where they are not needed okay and in places where the bones have been exposed to stress hmm. you go and create new cells right okay so reinforce the right? bone yeah so that is why people who run regularly will have stronger bones ah most interesting uh, i have weak bones most interesting result of this hmm. is that uh, astronauts hmm. who spend a month or more in the space station they lose 1 to 2% of their bone density for every month they spend in space why wow. because no gravity their bones are not getting stressed they are not getting you know jerks and jams that is why interesting this also means a lot of things for space travel but we'll not go into that right now yes. maybe a different video yeah. so uh, yeah interesting so that's how the body's immune system and the all of the body systems are uh, in a way so to speak anti fragile Uh, but from what what you've described it, it seems to be like there is fragile there is robust there is resilient and then there is anti fragile correct yeah so uh, and you want to be at anti fragile right correct uh, a lot of modern systems hmm. are trying to be robust right. right as in just they're trying to avoid failures entirely they're trying to absorb the shocks and that's about yeah. it well actually most of them aren't even trying to absorb shocks they're trying to avoid shocks entirely right oh. think about it hmm. as in for a child hmm. you spend way too much time uh, trying to protect them from falling protect them from going outside protect them from uh, you know uh, the mud on the ground and infections in the park you're making me so feel on. bad as a parent navin yes that's the whole point our schools our schools i mean what did we say right that anti fragile is when you are exposed to lots of little failures and lots of little shocks and you learn from them you grow stronger ha huh. you don't want uh, 
uh, I mean, to be exposed to a big shock because that will kill you, right? Remember Correct. the curve. Small, yeah. Hermesis zone. All of school is trying to teach student to be extremely careful with every problem, think three times and not make a single mistake. And every mistake you cut marks and make the student feel bad. Whereas in reality, what you want to be doing hmm. is let them experiment, let them make lots of mistakes and let them learn from their own mistakes. Instead, children become anxious about every little mistake is going to cost marks. That's the opposite of learning to be anti-fragile. I don't like this anymore. I thought he was going to blame the schools. Instead, he's blaming me as a parent. I thought he was going to tell me that the schools are doing it wrong. He's telling me I am doing it wrong as a parent. Nah. Yes. So I do believe that too much of modern parenting is trying to protect children from minor harms, whereas those minor harms are actually necessary to build stronger children. Right? But kids, little kids, you need to protect them, you need no, to cuddle you don't. them. No, you don't. Our little kids are extremely anti-fragile. They are very, very capable of learning. So there is, for example, hmm. an entire tribe, uh, I don't know, somewhere, uh, you know, hmm. we'll find out later, but they have no concept of telling children to stay away from fire okay they just it's sparta you're thinking of sparta and it, it no, is it's extinct. not sparta no it is not sparta an actual tribe studied by anthropologists okay and all they do is the children are allowed to do what they want with fire every once in a while they burn their fingers a little bit after that they learn a lesson which is never forgotten right and their children are not dying at a higher rate of fire than our children do you okay? see me sweating <laughs> the very mention of that has me sweating all over. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so uh, interesting uh, example there, of mm. course. But uh, what else? What what other examples other so than... Once you understand the concept of anti-fragile and mm. you start looking around, you will see examples each and everywhere, right? Okay. Like I said, uh, I mean... Uh, uh, in evolution, we just talked about immune system hmm. uh, and biology, but it al applies even to entire tribes and cultures, right? right. Now imagine there is one population hmm. which is exposed to lots of shocks, lots of small skirmishes with their neighbors, small battles and so on. Hmm. Whereas another set of tribes are like completely peaceful for 300 years. They have not had any war. They have not had famines. They have not had any problems. Instantly thinking of two specific countries, aren't we? But think about it. Hmm. When suddenly an unexpected disaster strikes hmm. or suddenly a colonial power from far away comes, hmm. which tribe is going to survive? The one that has had practice with war and battles. Exactly. So, in yeah. fact, if you read the book Guns, Jumps and Steel, then uh, Jared Diamond makes the argument hmm. that the reason Europe was able to just so easily take over all of South and North America huh. is because European countries spent centuries fighting each other and becoming good at fighting. Whereas the North and South American huge uh, populations, huge... Yeah kingdoms but they just didn't have that much practice with fighting and that's why so Europe was anti-fragile and these guys were just robust -ish. any world leaders watching this video please do not take this as an invitation or a justification for starting wars it is not a justification for starting wars please we've had enough of that yes. <laughs> right but uh, just talking about world leaders I have another huh. interesting example right uh, <laughs> that if you I mean a lot of people huh. okay really really want 
there to be a benign dictatorship in their country because they are very frustrated with democracy where the politicians never do the right thing they just pander to the masses and there is like you know anything if a uh, leader is trying to do something good the opposition attacks her even if just three months ago they were supporting that thing yeah. and there is gridlock and nothing ever gets done yeah. and then you see the example of Singapore and you're like I want that <laughs> right so authoritarian regimes yeah. dictatorships hmm move fast they make quick decisions yeah. and uh, often you know mm. when the decisions are good they uh, do so much better than other countries they are more efficient correct right but when you look back at something quite complex mm. like a war mm. what happens is that the democracies where everybody is like just you know uh, it's all messy it is anti fragile mm. whereas a dictatorship is fragile it is like you know efficient and optimized and focused and then one bad decision takes them in the wrong direction and the whole thing collapses right yeah. in the last hundred years mm. whenever there's been a war between a democracy and an authoritarian regime the democracy has won what happens is that initially the democracy does badly huh. right because I mean they can't agree and they can't even decide how many troops to send and the opposition is yelling at them and all that yeah. but slowly over time what happens is that sooner or later the authoritarian regime makes some mistake and then collapses whereas the democracy ultimately gets its act together and just gets through the whole thing right same thing happened in world war 2 see how it went same thing is happening even now maybe I don't yes. know matlab, as of yes. this uh, video uh, there is there is a war going on in the world and uh, his his point seems to be absolutely bang on in terms of that war as well yeah uh, russia and ukraine yeah interesting so uh, yeah and similarly i mean dictatorship versus democracy or uh, communism versus capitalism right in capitalism all kinds of companies are there and they're each one trying their own thing and different thing and they're often going in opposite directions right yeah, yeah. whereas in communism the whole point was that the government would decide for the entire country what is the right thing to do and what is the right thing to produce and what are the right people to do the production and it would be more efficient mm. but what you see uh, one thing you have to start noticing now is that whenever I use the word efficient and optimized it's actually the wrong thing it is fragile because a sudden shock comes uh. and the thing can't handle itself whereas the mess that is capitalism with so many uh, companies being created and most of them dying but each failure you learn something from and over time only the anti-fragile ones I mean the whole system as a whole becomes anti-fragile and can deal with all kinds of adversities right I partially disagree with his point there I understand the overall capitalism point that he's trying hmm. to make uh. but within capitalism itself there is a lot of fragility which needs to be addressed and which also has its own problems if we go into that debate now this episode is never going to end so we are not going into that debate yeah. now yeah. so we are we are on slightly different sides on this topic yeah. but fact, anyway no, i mean uh, uh, i will admit that capitalism has all kinds of problems mm -hmm. but the fact that there is lots of failures and there are just so many different directions it goes in that mm. is not necessarily the failure right? i concede I that are, like i said i partially agree are, with you you know when you are uh, thinking just in theory hmm. uh, communism sounds so great 
right? Oh no no no. But it is not. I mean, yeah. That's the impo- that's the point I was making. Not yeah. that capitalism is like ideal. <laughs> Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. We'll we'll for yeah. now agree to disagree on that point. Disagree yeah. being air quotes, yeah. right? So uh, that brings us to the most important question, I think, uh, regarding this principle, this yeah. uh, uh, episode. Should everything then be anti-fragile? Like, should we aspire to be anti-fragile in every aspect of our life? No, uh, I mean, in general, what we would have noticed is hmm. that anti-fragile is not efficient, right? Okay, yeah. Uh, so. Anti-fragile things will have uh, extra slack hmm. built into the system. It will do things a little more slowly. It will take decisions slowly. Hmm. So, um, you know, for anything that needs to live for a long time hmm. and where you don't know how the future is going to change, hmm. that should be anti-fragile, right? For hmm. smaller things, short-term things, uh, things where you don't expect any sudden changes hmm. for all of those use modern principles of opti- uh, you know efficiency and optimization and so on. Hmm. so again the best of both worlds in this case applies always always fascinating fascinating yeah. because uh, i realize that um, if if you put if you uh, built in an anti fragility into the system like you said there will be a lot more slack there is hmm. there will be a lot more space for things to happen and a lot of capitalist uh, economies would suddenly realize that their uh, input costs are inflated hmm. so that yeah. would i i don't know how that would mesh with capitalism but i guess it's another interesting debate for us to have yeah. in a future episode or in sure. another episode yeah and these ideas came from uh, a book anti fragile by nicolas nasim nicolas talib uh it's a good book to read uh, not necessary to read the whole book you just read the first two three chapters mm-hmm. you will still get an important idea which can change how you think about lots of aspects of your life nice so that is anti fragile and that is anti fragility with two very fragile people my name is shrikant this is navin future iq is a video school production look up the future iq on youtube or follow us in your favorite podcast player leave us a comment or a review if you can it helps new listeners find the show find navin on twitter as @ngkabra and shrikant as @shrikant we'll catch you on the next episode thank you so much